0: We're starting our 2019 year um, talking about prayer, and our series is called Ask. Uh, it's focused on bold prayers that we can ask God to do in our lives. And so we've been looking at five prayers, uh, search me, send me, stretch me, lead me, and use me are the five prayers we're looking at. We're right smack in the middle of the series today talking about stretch me. And we created a prayer journal for you to use Um It's a 35 day prayer journal, and we're hoping that you're using it. It just has a little, uh, a few lines for every day that you can pray. And the idea is that you pray for 35 days straight, even if it's just God, search me. If you say that every single day, that God will honor that, and your spiritual uh, journey will grow deeper because of that. So I hope you're using it. If you haven't got a chance to pick one up, they are at all of the exit doors um, today, so you can grab one and jump right in, even in the middle of this series. Um, Our goal is to just really engage in prayer, engage in prayer in the beginning of this year, and really see um, how God answers and hears us. And so today we're going to talk about Stretch Me. So would you just say that to the person next to you? Say, Stretch Me. Jeeva said to me this morning that it was the perfect uh, sermon title for today because it stretched her just to get out of bed, shovel her driveway, and get to church. See, I planned this, you guys. I, me and God, we had a conversation. Just kidding. Um, now, I do want to let you know, because there is a f- few less of you in the room, you got to laugh louder and like say amen more if you really want me to preach good, Okay. <laughs> Okay, good. (laughs) All right, good. Because I got to know that you're out there. So I want to talk about elasticity. The word elasticity is the ability to stretch. It's the ability to contour and reshape into a different form. Some of you would say you had more elasticity in other earlier years of your life than you do now. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) there we go. Now, this ability to have elasticity is highly desired. Um, So much so that over time, there has been superhero characters created with the ability of elasticity and actually called it a superpower to have elasticity. So how many of you have ever heard of Mr. Fantastic? Have you heard of Mr. Fantastic? I have a picture of him here. Uh, He is a Marvel comic book character who is part of the Fantastic Four and he has the ability to stretch his body into any shape that he desires. Okay, One of my favorites, another example. Elastigirl? All right. So I, I didn't know this, but when designing the Incredibles family, uh, the writer of the show actually um, wanted their superpowers to be related to their personalities. And so he felt that as a mother, Helen was required by society to be pulled in so many different directions, which led her to be given an elastic ability. How many moms out there are like, mm hmm? All right. Every time you have another kid, you should grow another arm. I think, right? So you can just figure that out. All right, here's my last example. It's an oldie but a goodie. He's green, and he's the best. He has a best friend. What's the pony's name? Pokey. Say it louder if you know. Loud and proud. All right, Pokey. And uh, this is the famous claymation character Gumby. Uh, some of the Fa students may not know about Gumby. It's a little before their time. Uh, but these episodes also featured Gumby's dog named Nopey, whose entire vocabulary was the word nope, <laughs> nope, nope. I thought that was really funny. All right, so today we're gonna pray this prayer. We're gonna pray, stretch me. Now, not so much of our physical bodies like these superheroes, but for the elasticity of our hearts. Right, That God would do something inside of us in a supernatural way, that God would do something different, that he would do something that enlarges our capacity to love him, something that changes our ability to hear his voice, something that pushes us from perhaps the really stuck place that we feel. And one of the most prominent ways that we see God increasing the elasticity of our hearts, stretching us, is through this scriptural concept called fasting. And that's what we're going to talk about today in depth. And so I want to start in Acts 13, 1 through 3. We read this. So now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And so before this moment, Paul had no missionary journeys west to Greece or Rome or Spain. Before this moment, Paul had not written any of the letters of the New Testament. And so this moment of prayer and fasting resulted in a missions movement that would eventually yield 1.3 billion adherents. It would eventually yield you and yield me. This moment of fasting and prayer was the moment that set the greatest evangelistic movement in all of history. And in fact, 13 out of the 29 books of the New Testament were the result of this ministry that was launched in prayer and fasting. Let me give you another example, a little bit even older historically, from 2 Chronicles 20. The Moabites and the Ammonites and the Midianites came against Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, and it was this terrifying group of violent people. And Jehoshaphat was afraid. And he says, okay, I don't know what to do, but let's let's fast. All throughout Judah, everybody fast. And there was this great moment of divine guidance and deliverance. And in the midst of the fasting, I want to bring you to verse 15. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 15, it says, He, speaking of Jehaziel, who is a prophet, said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And they have this moment. And the next day, when you read in the scripture, the people of Judah went out. They, they, they found that the people of Moab and Am- Ammon had destroyed one another. While they were fasting and praying, the two armies that were attacking them were fighting one another. And they had self-destructed themselves. And in fact, so much so that they went out and it took them three days to gather the spoils of war. They, they not only were completely in triumph, but they gained all of the things that those two armies left over. Does that sound like God? So again, the, it, the course of history has changed through the fasting of God's people. And I think there are many examples of how fasting figures into times of great revival. I could spend even more time sharing those with you today, but you may even have a story. Maybe you have a significant spiritual breakthrough that you experienced because you prayed and fasted. And here's your homework this week. If you have that story, I want you to share that with someone. I want you to take a minute and call somebody up or send them a note and say, listen, this is a time that I fasted and prayed and God showed up and did this. Because I believe that God, we, we want to give God the glory of his faithfulness, right? We want to tell the stories of God's faithfulness that he showed up in an incredible way and that's going to encourage us. So nod your head if you'll do that for me this week. If you've experienced a time that you'll share that with somebody. So I just want to look at the spiritual discipline of fasting a little closer, and I want to start in a passage in Matthew 17. And so um, this is what's happening in Matthew 17. This passage first talks about the transfiguration. Now, Jesus, this is what happens with the transfiguration. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, and he goes up a mountain. And basically he shows himself to them in, in a supernatural way. He shows his supernatural self to them. And his face shines like the sun, the scripture says. His clothes become white as light. And they have this super significant prophetic conversation there. And in fact, the disciples, they want to stay in that moment forever. They just want to stay on that mountain because they've seen just the glory of who Jesus is, but they can't. And so they come down the mountain, and there's this huge crowd of people waiting for Jesus to come down. And that's where I want to pick up in Matthew 17 14 through 21. This is from the New King James Version. It says, "And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him kneeling down to him and saying, "Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is epileptic and he suffers severely, he often falls into the fire and often into the water. And so I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, "O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me." And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. And then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? And so Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And so I want to look at this passage a little bit this morning. So Jesus, he comes down off the mountain. And the first thing that's waiting for him is an unmet need. That's the first thing that's waiting for him. And so previous to this, Jesus had already given his disciples the authority to heal the sick and cast out demons in his name. And so they went about and they were preaching Jesus' message of the kingdom. And they were healing people and they were delivering people just as Jesus said they would. But now they have run into a situation, they've run into a need that is obviously too great for them. And no matter what they attempted, they were unable to deal with it. And so the the first thing I want to think about this morning is, have you ever been in that spot? Have you ever been in that spot where you feel like you have tried everything? You have exhausted all your resources. You have prayed all the ways that you know how. You have sought advice all the places that you usually do. You have loved someone as well as you feel like you possibly can. You've gotten second opinions and third opinions and Cleveland Clinic and UPMC and WebMD until you're blue in the face. You've changed your hair color, your diet, your friendships. You've done everything you possibly know how to do, but that need is still unmet. I love this account in scripture because the disciples act as if they want to stay on the mountain forever. In fact, uh, even in the scripture, they offer to build a house for Jesus and Moses and Elijah. They say, we'll build you a house. Let's just stay here. Whatever we can do to stay in this moment. But Jesus, and we don't know all the dialogue that happens there, but Jesus comes down the mountain so he can enter the unmet need. <laughs> Jesus knows that they're down there. It's not a surprise to him. And he comes down off the mountain So right into the unmet need, he comes toward the father who is desperate for a touch on his son. And that is because Jesus is the master of the unmet need. Jesus is the master of the unmet need. If you have a situation in your life today and you have no answer, he is the master of that unmet need. And the scripture is telling us that nothing, nothing is too hard for him. And he doesn't run away from your need. He runs right toward you. He runs right to you and says, bring me that need. Just like Natalie talked about this morning that God laid on her heart. Bring me that need. Bring me that impossible need. I will come down off a mountain any day of the week to meet you right where you need it. And so in Matthew 17, we see Jesus fixes the problem. He reaches out and in supernatural power. Uh, he, he heals him. And the, the scripture says the boy is cured that very hour. So then the disciples watch this unmet need turn into an unanswered question. They watch an unmet need turn into an unanswered question. And they say in verse 19, why couldn't we do that? Why couldn't we cast it out? They had had success before. Why was it different this time? Why, Lord, why? And I don't know about you, but I've asked that question more than once to Jesus too. Why? Why are things the way they are? Why why when I prayed about that, it didn't happen? Why when I brought you two prayer requests, this one happened and this one didn't? Why? I've asked the Lord that a hundred times. I have unanswered questions even today. And so this question, Jesus replies to it. He says in Matthew 17, 20 through 21, he says to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, some versions of the Bible record this verse a little differently. Some include the word fasting. They say, some omit verse 21 completely some include the word fasting some say however this kind does not go except by prayer here's the idea though all theologians believe that the point of this moment what god is trying to show us is that some needs have a whole different dimension of difficulty than others Some needs have a whole different dimension of difficulty. And some things require a specific breakthrough in the supernatural. They are spiritual problems. Spiritually discerned, and they require spiritual power to break them. And Jesus says and shows us that there is a way to obtain spiritual power and breakthrough. There is a way, and that way is through prayer and fasting. So that's what he's trying to show us in this scripture and this morning, if you have an unmet need or you have an unanswered question, prayer and fasting is what can bring breakthrough. Prayer and fasting is what can bring breakthrough. We see it in the scripture. And so I want to just spend the remainder of our time talking about why. Why is fasting bring breakthrough? Why, why did God pick that? Why, why isn't it eat everything you possibly can? That just brings break things, Right? Never mind. Yeah, Thank you. One. One person got my joke. All right. So here are some reasons why we, we think it's so effective. First, fasting demonstrates our desire. Okay? Fasting demonstrates our desire. Arthur Wallace said this, Fasting is calculated to bring a note of urgency and importance into our praying and give force to our pleading in the court of heaven. The man who prays with fasting is giving heaven notice that he is truly in earnest. So fasting is this way to communicate to God, this issue is really important to me. Uh, This is urgent. God, in my opinion, this needs your attention. Now, we can only give suggestions to a holy God. But we can come to him and say, listen, this is serious. I am saying that this is urgent. Fasting proves to God and to ourselves that we are serious. And when you get serious with God, he gets serious with you. And so if you don't practice the spiritual discipline of fasting, maybe you've said to yourself, I've prayed about this issue, this unmet need, this unanswered question forever, God, and you haven't done anything about it. Maybe God is telling you right now, then fast, because you didn't do everything you possibly could if you haven't fasted about it. And it might be because you don't have this longing for God's power in your life. You don't have, you're not hungry enough. You may feel content with your relationship with God and your present experience with him. But Jeremiah 29, 13 reminds us, you will seek him and find him when you seek him with all your heart. And so the absence of fasting might indicate this absence of this longing for God's power in your life. And the absence of longing is one of the reasons God waits to send a breakthrough. Do you see how that's all connected? He wants you to hunger for him. He wants you to want him. And so he will patiently wait for you to get to that position. And so you might just have to kick yourself in gear. I'm going to fast about this situation because, God, I'm serious about it. I'm serious that I want your power in my life. I'm serious that I want you to intersect in this situation. And because you are longing for God's power, his power will show up. Here's the second one fasting is effective because fasting requires sacrifice. Fasting requires sacrifice. With fasting, there's a self-denial involved, okay? Maybe you deny your physical appetite or an appetite for something that you want. And so we become less, God becomes more. It's like cleaning out the junk to make space for God to move, make space for God to speak. Turning down the the radio in your car to quiet so you can hear God's voice instead of all of the other things. And, And so perhaps the reason that many of us fast so infrequently is because we think of fasting mainly as what we're going without rather than what we're getting. We think it's about the thing we're going to give up, not about the thing that we're going to receive. Now, fasting without prayer is just a diet, okay? (laughs) And not a good one. (laughs) But Christian fasting is fasting with prayer for a purpose, And it's not only going without, it's not only abstaining, it's abstaining with the eventual eventual gain, not loss. Now maybe the gain is spiritual strength, maybe it's wisdom, maybe it's perseverance, maybe it's the answer you're looking for, maybe the situation will change, but maybe it's something that God's doing inside of you. Fasting isn't a guaranteed, you do this and then God will do that. You cannot manipulate the Father, that's not the point. But fasting will bring a change, whether that's internally or externally. It absolutely will. And it puts us in a position to receive from God. Um, There's an author of a book called God Chasers. His name is Tommy Tenney. And he he wrote this six-word quote, and I read it when I was 16 years old, and I've never, ever forgotten it. In fact, the Lord has brought it to my mind over and over in my relationship with Jesus. And it said, Fire doesn't fall on empty altars. Fire doesn't fall on empty altars. You have to set something on the altar for God to come set it ablaze. If you want your life to be on fire for God, you have to lay your life down on the altar for Him to make it ablaze. If if you want, you can't give up nothing for your life to be set on fire. There's this obscure story in 2 Samuel 24. We don't talk about it much about David because David has so many things we can preach about. But in these short verses, David wants to buy this threshing floor from a man. And so the man offers, he knows David. He he says, I'll give you this for free. You don't even have to pay me for it. And, And David says this in 2 Samuel 24, 24. No, I insist on paying for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings. That cost me nothing. Fire doesn't fall on empty altars. If you're wondering why you're stuck in the same place spiritually, it might be because you aren't willing to sacrifice anything in your life. God has to have something to use to set us on fire. And fasting gives us a way to sacrifice. It gives God something to work with. So the third reason that we see fasting is so effective is fasting tests our hearts. Fasting tests our hearts. In Matthew 6, Jesus talks more about fasting. And he says, when you fast, don't make any effort to be seen. In fact, he says, make efforts in the other direction. Try not to be seen. Fix your hair, wash your face, so that as far as possible, people will not even know that you're fasting. He says, your goal is to please God and not man. And so what Jesus does here is he tests the reality of God in our lives. It is so much easier to do things for God if other people are watching. It's easier to pray for your dinner when your kids are at the table because you want them to learn how to pray. It's easy to to read your Bible so when you go to Bible study next week, you don't look like you failed and didn't do anything right? It's easy to to attend church because, you know, someone will ask you why you aren't there. It's easier to, to do acts of kindness and giving because you get some accolades. But Jesus says, listen, fasting is all about you and me. It tests your heart. Jesus tests our hearts to see if God himself will be our sufficiency. When nobody else knows what we're doing, will we still do it? Will we still give it up, even if just God knows? It's a test of our own hearts, David Yong Cho, I think I have a picture of him. He pastored the largest church in the world in, in South Korea. It's actually part of the Assemblies of God. He had over 830,000 members. 830,000 members. And he and his staff, I was reading this, this blog, and he and his staff have such a belief in the power of prayer and fasting that they rarely ever counsel people. If you call and you want an appointment with the pastor, they say, listen, go to the prayer mountain and fast and pray for three days. And if you come back and the problem is still unmet, then go back for a week. <laughs> and they, they say that they do not think it's possible that a person would ever return to them again with the same problem. Because they believe so much in the power of prayer and the power of fasting. Now, as the worship team gets ready to lead us in our last song, I want to tell you this just practically. Fasting looks different for every person. Okay, some will just drink juice and water for a period of time. Others will fast a meal a day or some will choose all sweet foods or all snacks or car- no carbs or sugar not all carbs and sugar. That's a bad idea. No carbs and sugar. Or uh, the Daniel fast. You can look that up as a certain way to eat. Some people give up coffee. They give up soda. They, they give up social media. They give up TV or video games. Here's the thing. The idea of fasting is to choose something that you would miss during the week. So, so don't give up something that's Easy. That's not fasting. Something that if you give up, it'll it'll hurt a little. Remember, fire doesn't fall on empty altars. Give God something that he can work with. Something that will create a little bit of space in your life. And then with that space, spend that time praying instead. If you do decide to make a change in what you're eating, just make sure you're not putting yourself at risk physically. Drink enough. It's not helpful if you end up in the hospital while you're fasting, okay? It's not helpful. You gotta do it right. If you get faint, if you get swollen, stop. Just choose something else to give up for God. We want everyone safe in this endeavor. But here's the idea. When we say to the Lord, you can have it all, you have my whole life. God, what is it that you want me to give up? What is it that will allow me to give you more attention this week? He will show you what that is. I want to encourage you to share that with maybe one person in your life. Not, we just talked about how no one should know, but getting an accountability partner, getting somebody who, who can help you out. It will it will be really easy to break if you're the only one who knows. or It'll be like a rolling change. Like, I'm not going to drink any coffee until today. Now I'm going to drink some coffee, you know, but no one knew. Someone who can keep you accountable for your week. If you have a day that you fail, I want to encourage you to wake up the next day and try again. God will honor your effort. But if you have an unmeet need, you have an unanswered question, if you are dry spiritually, if you feel powerless against the world or the enemy, if you need renewal, or maybe if... You just haven't fasted in discipline in a while. Jesus says to fast and pray. And so this week, we're going to pray this prayer together. God, stretch me. And we're going to fast as a church. The staff is going to fast. And, and we're going to invite you to, to fast with us. We're going to be in all of this together. We're going to do a few things this week to support you. I'm going to tell you about that in just a minute. But I just want to ask you, will you take this step? Maybe you've never done it before. Maybe this is the first day you've even heard about it but maybe God's just asking you to, to up the ante a little bit, to put something on the altar that he can burn up, that, that he can do something significant in your life. Every day, if you if you check our Facebooks, one of our pastors will have a, a video to encourage you and keep you going throughout the week. You'll see that. Unless you're giving up Facebook, then you won't see that, okay? But if you aren't, just be encouraged. A group of uh elders and church council members they're going to call each of you this week and and if if you're a member or you're regular tender and they're going to ask you if you have any prayer needs and then they're going to pray for you this week as they fast now this call is not for you to lodge all your grievances and complaints okay we'll call you later on another day for that write them down (laughs) actually don't write them down But this is for you to share with them the needs you have. This is for you to share with them the ways that you need prayer. And as church leadership, we're going to carry your burdens with you. So don't be alarmed when they call. It's not weird. It's what the body of Christ does. This is what you do when you live together in community. As you share with each other, these are the things that's happening. You can share as much or as little as you want but these faithful people are gonna call and and pray for you if you need prayer. I want you to continue using your prayer journal guide this week, continue praying, God stretch me, God stretch me every day. And I really believe that God is gonna bring breakthrough, not just in your own personal life, but for us as a church, when we commit and say, this is what we're gonna do this week. We're gonna start this afternoon or a little later today, whenever you get prepared, and we're gonna break the fast next Sunday morning. And we're going to do this together. And so would you stand? Just to kind of kick us off, we're going to sing this song. It's, it's a prayer that says, God, would you use me? Would you lead me? You are the potter. I'm in your hand. I'm just going to pray, and then Quint will lead us. Father, I thank you that you have given us tools, Lord, that we can uh, come to you and, and and receive even more supernatural power, God, that we can understand more of what you're doing that we can have discernment father and I pray Lord that our desire would grow God that our commitment would grow to you that our desire would grow that we wouldn't have any um, feelings of wanting attention or credit for fasting God but we would do it as a church family to say Lord we are hungry for breakthrough we are more hungry for you than we are for the things of our everyday routine And so, God, I just pray you would bring a great commitment, God, that everyone in this room and those that will listen online later, God, will just have this sense of what you want them to fast. Even now, God, you would just bring to mind uh, people that are listening, the things you want them to give up. And, God, that they would be obedient to that, even if they're difficult. And, God, I pray that as we walk through this week, story after story of your faithfulness would come, come out, God, and we could encourage one another, we could share it. Father, we could know that, you are faithful and you are good and you, you want so much to intervene and, and answer our unmet needs and our unanswered questions and so God we just come to you we thank you that you run to those God you run off the mountain into our needs and we are so thankful for that and so God we pray this prayer today use us lead us we give our lives to you and it's in your name we pray
1: wonderful Lord wonderful Savior survive. love you. We give our lives over to you. We thank you for how you guide us and lead us by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I just pray that you lead us as we go. You lead us in the things that you'd have us to fast, the things you'd have us to give up, that we would remember that there is no breakthrough without sacrifice, and so that you'd show us what it is you'd have us to give up so that we might see that breakthrough in our lives and that breakthrough in our spiritual life. We love you and praise you. Amen.